a month ago at this moment, Ukraine was enjoying a final few minutes of what had been a fragile peace. As we were on air a month ago, Russia's invasion began. We had little idea of what exactly would happen next. Now we know Ukraine did indeed defend itself. Russia's military proved surprisingly awful at initiating most of its initial plans. The Ukrainian flag flies tonight in almost every city that matters, but the human cost has been massive. 3.6 million people have fled the country. Millions more are displaced internally. Some cities under siege continue to run low on necessities. Russia has destroyed 1,500 civilian and other structures. And today the U.S. says Russia's military is committing war crimes by targeting civilians. We also know that allies united to help imposing unprecedented sanctions on Russia, sending lethal aid to Ukraine, and that Ukraine has become a symbol of a much bigger fight, a battle for freedom. Ukraine's president has become the embodiment of that desire and that defiance. Vladimir Zelensky released a video on social media today calling on the world to stand in solidarity with Ukraine on the one-month anniversary, and he did so entirely in English. The war of Russia is not only the war against Ukraine. Its meaning is much wider. Russia started the war against freedom as it is. This is only the beginning for Russia on the Ukrainian land. Russia is trying to defeat the freedom of all people in Europe, of all the people in the world. It tries to show that only crude and cruel force matters. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. Well, one person who sits in parliament with him is Kira Rudik. She's a member of the Ukrainian parliament and leader of Holos, or Voice. She joins me now from Kiev. Kira, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I was thinking back to the, the fact that it's been a month now since this all started. And I was wondering, a month ago, what were, where were you on, on this evening a month ago? And what were you thinking? Uh, a day before war, you mean? Yeah. So we were uh, at the parliament and uh, it was a very intensive day. Uh, we were getting ready. We knew that Russians may or may not attack and we are getting ready to uh, at least special state, status, not the martial one. And we were fighting about some legislation pieces. Uh, and we were concentrated on, you know, down to the earth things. Right. I remember nobody really believed that Russia would attack. However, we knew that we have to be ready. And the anticipation of our intelligence as well as uh, the other intelligence would be that he would attack uh, from the east, and uh, that it will be like an escalation in our eastern regions. And then we went to bed, thinking that next day will be complicated because uh, too many things to do in the parliament. And we woke up uh, to them explosions, explosions in Kiev. And um, I remember two days before, we were going through the legislation pieces and one of the initiatives my animal welfare group was pushing through was uh, to forbid uh, fireworks in the cities because we have so many uh, so many uh, uh, soldiers and we had uh, too many pads that were affected by that right. and so uh, on the day one of war uh, my first thought during when I woke up of the explosions, was like, geez, we do really have to forbid fireworks. Fireworks for pets. Yeah, that's a deep, that's something we talk about here too. It scares them, right? Yes. But it was not fireworks. It was explosion. It was first shelling of the city and it was really scary. 
So much has changed in the last month and we continue to talk about it, but I know it seems that the bombardments, bombardments of cities, including where you are, has only increased. Right. Uh, we see that Putin has changed tactics and they are not getting uh, too much luck uh, on, on fighting on the ground. That's why they're using their um, domination in the air. And this is why they, uh, they are attacking us from the air. And it's easier because we actually cannot fight them back. So our army, uh, no matter how brave they are, no matter how much support we're giving, uh, cannot actually fight Russians in the air. I know you were touring some of the some of the damage today, uh, an apartment specifically. What is it? I mean, what is the atmosphere like when you go visit these places? People must know who you are. Uh, what is it like for you to go and witness this too? Because the devastation to what was normal, people's normal lives is, is, is hard to watch. It's hard to watch. So, uh, you know, the, the war is a chaos and it turns like a couple of months, more than one month to make everything in order because it, the war is very emotional and uh, people usually don't know what to do. People usually are not ready to that. And this is why being like governmental official, a member of parliament makes makes it a little bit more organized. When you come, they know that you are like an authority and you can like uh, bring it, bring a little bit of organization there. At least you can call um, all them uh, necessary services if they have not arrived yet. But they're weird, not weird, uh, they're thing that I noticed every time I come to the place that was bombarded, there are many people there. And they're usually coming to see if there is a help needed, and they're usually coming with something. So um, you remember the house where the half of the wall was off? Yep. So there were literally many people who came in with the more warm clothes and food, uh, thinking that, um, that the citizens who are left right now with all their belongings spread, spread around, uh, grateful that they are still alive, that they would need something to eat or warm clothes. Mm -hmm. And it was so touching that people were not afraid. They just came thinking, okay, I will bring some help and then we will see. I was going to ask you that, Kira, in the month that you've been very busy uh, speaking about what's happening in Kyiv, speaking what, about what's happening in Ukraine, what the country needs to defend itself. But what has surprised you the most about, about what's happened about your country in the last month? Well, I don't think anybody, including ourselves, expected that we will be fighting so hard. Uh, I don't think that anybody in the world thought that we will be standing for so long. And I'm impressed of how all the differences that we had just like a day before war became um, irrelevant on the day one. And they're still irrelevant on the day 28. And they... Uh, are bringing us closer together. And we right now, not only becoming like one nation, we are becoming a different nation, nation that knows exactly what it stands for, what we are fighting for, and which is more relevant, uh, what we are ready to die for. That our principles and all the democratic values, they are actually principles and they are actually democratic values. Mm -hmm. And these are not just words. These, these are exactly things that you that you are training for, you know that you will have to protect them with your life. And this is very weird how over time things change. You know about democracy, 
my favorite story is that Russian forces right now, they try to do this political capture of the city when they are kidnapping a mayor, then installing another person and saying, this will be your mayor now. And this, for us, this is so uh, out of this world. We are saying like, but this doesn't work like that. You're crazy. Like, what are you talking about? And for Russians, it is normal. And they're thinking like, yeah, it was such a good idea. Why? And this is like a huge difference that has grown between us and has always been between us. This is a difference between democratic country and, uh, and uh, country r- ruled by tyrant. And this is basically what we are fighting for because we want to protect the way that we do understand that you cannot kidnap a mayor and install a different person. This is the democracy we believe in. And it's not like an empty word anymore. This is exactly what we, uh, what we are standing for. I'm speaking with Kira Rudik, member of the Ukrainian parliament and party leader of Holos, or Voice. Uh, we're speaking to her tonight from Kiev on what really is the one-month anniversary of the beginning of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, after this, I wanted to ask you more. I asked you what, what has pleasantly surprised you the most. I want to ask you what has disappointed you the most, and certainly your expectations for these very important meetings happening in Brussels um, later today. We'll be back with that. I'm back with Kira Rudik, member of the Ukrainian parliament, party leader of Holos, or Voice. Uh, she's speaking to me tonight from Kiev on what is just about the one-month anniversary of this invasion by Russia. We asked Kira, or I asked Kira, what, what it surprised her the most, and it was the ability of Ukraine to fight back. And the idea that this notion of fighting for democracy, fighting for freedom, is more than words now, that in the last month it has really morphed from something that people believed and thought about to something that is deeply now ingrained in a lot of people in Ukraine. I asked you what surprised you the most. I guess I wanted to ask you what's disappointed you the most in the last month. Well, surprisingly, it would not be NATO's reaction. We knew that since um, Second World War, uh, allies were always like, slow into getting into a fight. Uh, after my work with many, many countries throughout this month, I'm disappointed the most that there are still countries who uh, don't uh, accept the fact that black is black and white is white, who are really asking me questions like, well, well, why don't you think that Putin didn't have any choice? Uh, Countries uh, that uh, benefit from the war and are very clear about it, or countries where officials are trying to fulfill their political wishes and their political uh, tasks uh, instead of uh, uh, coming together. This was extremely disappointing, and this is the work that uh, is unpleasant, but you have to continue to get on with their members of parliament, answer tough questions uh, from Russian propaganda, and be able to look them in the eye and say, no, this is not how the friendly country behaves. This is not how friends behave. Uh, Regarding the NATO reaction, well, of course, we expected a different reaction. Of course, we would think that uh, there will be more active involvement, uh, especially uh, with uh, uh, not direct involvement of NATO, but uh, at least giving us the jets to be able to fight. Like we are saying, we are not expecting uh, NATO forces on our ground. However, 
There are like around 16,000 people from all over the world who came into Ukraine with the intention to fight. And these are official numbers. And I'm super grateful to each and every of them. But we are not asking NATO forces on our ground, but we are asking the weaponry. Like, give us that um, rod so we would be able to get a fish. Uh, right. if you cannot help us with that. And that is disappointing because... I, in my, again, in my heart, I know that at some point they will come along, but for every single day that they are procrastinating, um, my people are dying. And this is extremely frustrating. And, and, and this is painful, especially that we have already gone through that hundred years ago, exactly through that. And I, 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 I mean, we spoke about this a few weeks ago. We, we are continuing to watch the city of Mariupol be destroyed. We are continuing to watch incidents like the the shopping center in Kiev be destroyed. Continuing to watch civilians, including children, die in these bombardments. Um, what would you tell them to make this more urgent? Or at least you understand the diplomacy. I know that, but it feels like after a month that now it's time to make some tough decisions on NATO's side. Um. It seems right now, with all the help and support that we are getting, that we are getting it so we just can continue fighting. And that the world is watching us and cheering up. And we are grateful for cheering up. But we do need the effective measures. We do need an ability to actually win uh, this war. We do need the ability to stop um, to stop uh, all the devastation, all the death, uh, everything that's happening on my, in my country, everything that's happening to my people, to innocent people who didn't do anything wrong. Uh, we are just right now at war with Russia because of our existence, because, uh, because Putin does not uh, give us a chance to and give us a right to exist. This is what he was very clear about. He said that he does not believe that uh, Ukraine and Ukrainians is a separate nation. He saw that it was just a mistake. And this is what we are paying for with our lives. And what it feels like right now that the world is watching and cheering us up. Um, I was uh, talking with one of my fellow partners from Israeli Knesset. And he said that they made up this very good um, very good analogy saying that NATO is a bodyguard who is watching Ukraine being raped. And I think it's a very good, uh, it's, a, it's a very good analogy because the world is watching and uh, saying, yeah, we will protect you, but without actually protecting us. And uh, uh, if there was a concern if, or there was a hope that sanctions will stop Putin. Right now, after a month, uh, one should be sure that they are not stopping Putin. They are not stopping him. They're weakening Russia, but it will be another six months, a year, until Russia is down to... Um, it's down last to ruble. Yeah. 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 But am I going to be around for that long? This is the question that I'm asking. Uh, is my family going to be around for this long? Are we going to stand up for this long? This is a question that we are asking ourselves. How much longer? I mean, it feels like the next next month is crucial, if not this turns into this long, protracted situation that we saw, say, in Donetsk for years, where people just continued to die and ever, the whole world stopped watching. This is the threat. This is what we are afraid of. Because, you can again, you can be super brave. You can be super ready. 
and then you just one evening you go to bed and there is a rocket coming into your house and that's it. And this is what we are afraid of.